0: Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs.
1: The Danny Mac Show with BK, podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. We are back, baby. And Carlson hits it out to deep right field. It's at the wall. Gone. There it is. First ever home run in the big leagues. Dylan Carlson. We are f- back. And Bader launches one out to deep left. Into Big Mac land and he hit the painting. We are back. pitch. Molina serves it into right center. There it is. Hit number 2000 for Yadier Molina. The 0-2 pitch. Fly ball. Left field. Carlson over. He has it. Wainwright. His 39th birthday. He goes the distance. We are back. We are
2: back. Tanner you're trying to get me emotional. It's opening day. Good job. You did it. Thank you. We are back, baby. Fired up. It's opening day. That is the
0: most emotion, Dan. I've known Tanner for about a year now. That yeah. is the most emotion I've ever seen from Tanner Hendrickson.
2: Was that you saying we're back in the uh, in the rejoin there? Was that you? No, that was from The Hangover. That oh, wasn't okay. me. All right. I wasn't sure. But, man, you were fired up. I'm fired up. BK is fired up. Hell, yeah. It's, it's opening, opening day, day, baby. It's more opening could day. What you ask for? I was just talking on the crossover, and I'm looking up at MLB Network, and they had a uh, report from John Morosi. So I guess he's at the Great American Ballpark. And it is snowing right now in Cincinnati. So it's going to be a chilly one. They're going to get the game in one way or another. And we've got baseball. It is back. It's a full 162, and I can't wait. And here we go.
0: It's a holiday here in St. Louis. It'll be a holiday once again a week from now, whenever the Cardinals have their opening day here in St. Louis. But man, it's just, it's nice to see. It's been two years now since we've had a real baseball season. Yep. And so for me, for all of St. Louis, I can't wait. And Dan, this season feels, I talked about this yesterday on our show, feels a little different because it's the first time really in about five years where I have felt going into the season like there is no doubt in my mind the Cardinals are and should be the favorites to win their own division.
2: I agree. Uh, I Definitely I I look at the Cardinals and Milwaukee is probably being the two teams but to your point before I felt more like there was a lot of things that needed to go their way for them to get into postseason play, or maybe you were looking at the wild card. And in this particular season, I look at them and I say, this is the team that should win this division. Division's not very good. Cardinals are pretty good. Pitching should separate them. That's why I like them.
0: And I look at the Cubs and it's almost a reflection of them as much as it is about the Cardinals, because the C- the Cubs were supposed to be a behemoth. They were the team that for the next decade, starting in basically 2015 and then continuing on through God only knows how long they were supposed to be the That's team right. to beat. It didn't really come to fruition that way. They got their world series, but they weren't the world beaters that we thought for an extended period of time, but they were always going into the season, the most talented team. And you might still be able to argue that on the position player side of things, but with their pitching, I just don't see it from them. And I do love the depth that this Cardinals team has. So that's why I'm so high on them going into the season.
2: Projected lineup. Uh, let's go through both. For the Cardinals, it would be Tommy Edmond, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Paul DeYoung, Tyler O'Neill batting fifth, Yadier Molina, Dylan Carlson, Justin Williams, Jack Flaherty. You good with that? Yep. Yeah. I am too. And we still haven't heard if there's going to be a DH. So it does sound like uh, I saw
0: John Heyman tweeted last night that it is not expected to be implemented. Now, that doesn't mean that there's no chance, but he said that the talks had basically been non-existent. Uh,
2: Let's see over with the Reds projected lineup would be Jesse Winker, Nick Castellanos, Joey Votto, Eugenio Suarez at short. Mike Mustakis at third. Nick Senzel in center field. Jonathan India. He was their big prospect. High draft choice. Made this club. He's at second base. Tucker Barnhart, the catcher. Luis Castillo is on the mound. He's very, very good. Yeah. Great changeup. And one of the top pitchers in the Central, undoubtedly. Been an all-star, too. I guess they were still going into this morning, and I haven't seen anything uh, on this, BK. Maybe you have. But Joey Votto, for fans that don't know, did contract COVID-19 during spring training. So there was some you know a little bit of a doubt as to whether or not he would be there on opening day I I think he's going to be there and I'd put him right in your third spot in the lineup
0: yeah I haven't seen any update on it but I would assume I I feel like it is a fair assumption that he'll be out there for them today
2: Jack Flaherty last year was four and three with a 4.91 ERA and looks ahead to 2021 we know we know who we are we know how good we are and we know what we can do um you know we had a guy Add Nolan
0: Arnado to our team, and uh, we got a really good group of guys in here. And uh, these guys can handle adversity no matter what it is. We saw that last year, we saw kind of what this team is made of, and uh, just being able to go through the season, being able to go through the ups and downs that, that we went through. So it's, you uh, know, I'm just looking forward to taking the field with these guys for 162 and full run of
2: things. We all are looking forward to that, a full 162. John Mosellock, the president of baseball operations. Um, You know, what are the expectations with this team in 2021?
3: Uh, Expectations should be high. Um, You know, we're not going into this at full strength tomorrow, but in a lot of ways we are. Um, You know, seasons are long, and so you're always going to have some people that you expect, not be where they where they are and i think when you look at this team it's a good team it's good offense it's it's a good defensive club and i think you're going to see a lot of depth from our pitching side so you know look we're going to be tested from time to time but overall we're very excited about what we're seeing
2: and they're being tested right now because after the first month of the season the cardinals could have kk back Michaelis back Harrison Bader back. So, what this has done coming out of spring training is given Justin Williams an opportunity.
3: Well, I think the most important thing for him was getting an opportunity most players they sometimes don't get their chance and so you never know what they have and in this particular case giving him a chance to play and, and contribute is, is most important we like his power, we like what he can do from an offensive standpoint and we think from a defensive standpoint we won't miss a beat. Was yeah. he
0: talking about Justin Williams or Tyler O'Neill or Dylan Carlson <laughs> right. or Randy Rosarino or Randall Gritchik there? You guys pick, pick your uh, yeah. outfield option. We've
2: heard that before haven't we? <laughs> yeah a couple of times. So Justin Williams will get the first crack. I, I look at it and and we talked about this earlier this week lane thomas had it and could have run with it and didn't so it does open up the opportunity um obviously for justin williams last year the reds were 31 and 29 in 2020 got hot at the end to get into postseason play the reds have shown improvement for a few years now but last year it's one of the oddities of the season that i i just don't understand why they didn't hit they hit 212 as a team and when you start throwing out the names that I'm talking about. Castellanos, Vado, Suarez, Mustakis, Sinzel in the middle of that lineup. BK, that should be a better offensive club. And for whatever reason, they weren't. They pitched pretty well, but they just did not hit a year ago. It has to be better.
0: Like If, if there is any chance for the Reds to make good on the expectations. And last year, there were some really high expectations for the Reds. A lot of people were picking them to win this division because of the talent that they acquired. If they're going to be that kind of a club, they have to hit because defensively, Dan, you look around the diamond, especially in the infield. It's just not very good. In fact, it's it's probably one of the worst defenses in baseball, maybe one of the worst defenses I've seen recently put together in baseball. So if they're not going to hit, things are going to go south on
2: them quickly. Yeah, I agree. Defensively, big question marks for them. I did this uh, little research last night preparing for the game today, and I think You know, when you get frustrated as a fan, and I get it, you can get frustrated. You know, you hope the Cardinals get into the World Series. You hope they win. I mean, we we have very high expectations. But think about this, BK. Since the opening day of 2011, the Cardinals have played, follow me here, 1,516 games. 1,513 of those games, they were technically in the playoff chase, meaning they had not been eliminated. That's 99.8% of the games that you've been watching over the last decade They have been in it. So that's three games over the last decade? Yes. It's insane. 73 total playoff games in that time period. Second most over the last 10 seasons behind only the Dodgers. Wow. This has been a lot of winning, man. And there's a lot of winning expected this year. We get it from the text line, the 618. Pocota has the Cardinals in fourth place, 79 wins. That seems ridiculous. Why would they have the Cardinals so low? My guess would be is that what we talked about KK not being there. Michaelis not being there. You're, you're sure you're going with bullpen by committee at first, you know, the lineup obviously from a year ago. Now you do add Arenado, so that should help it, but it wasn't great. It wasn't a great offensive club, but 79 wins. I'm with the texture. That seems awfully low for me. So my, my best guess on this and Dan, you know that I
0: don't agree with the projections at all. And I'm a numbers guy. I think they're laughable at best. It's really hard for projections to capture the kind of team. The Cardinals are, the team that is relying heavily on pitching depth, the team that is relying heavily on some young guys, especially in the outfielders or in the outfield rather with very limited track records. And also guys like Nolan Arenado, who is coming from a place that in the past has been boosted, by their offensive numbers at home. That is something that the projections do take into account. It's really hard for them to capture that. Paul Goldschmidt is getting up there in age, and he did two seasons ago, not have his best offensive season. So they're probably looking at that as he's in his downward trajectory. I disagree with all of those things. I think this outfield has the chance to actually be pretty good if what we saw from Tyler O'Neill in spring training is real. I think this pitching staff has the chance to be one of the five best in the national league. If you look at it from the top to the bottom, and I think you're going to see a fantastic season out of both Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. So what am I seeing? What are you seeing that is different than the projections? It's all of that. Mm -hmm. If you're optimistic about those things in particular, then you are differing from where the projections are.
2: The first thing you said is what is going to separate this team potentially, and that's pitching depth. And that means going down into your minor leagues. And Cody Whitley maybe has to come up. And then it's Johan Oviedo. And then it's maybe Zach Thompson. Maybe it's Matthew Libertor. And when you have those kind of guys, and they're just not names. Those are quality pitchers coming up. That's where I think you separate yourselves uh, from other teams in baseball, especially, and I've said it a million times, truncated season, where the inning's going to come from in a full 162, and who's going to be the last man standing. And I do believe that I think you're going to see some injuries this year, unfortunately with pitching staffs and how deep are you in your minor leagues and where can you go coming out of spring training? We focus a lot on who were the
0: 13 pitchers that made the opening day roster, right? It's not just about those guys though. The Cardinals will likely use 20, maybe even more pitchers on the big league club this season. So it is, as you said, it's the 13 guys that you have right now. And also, think about KK. He'll probably be back here in the not-too-distant future. Miles Michaelis, you hope, will at some point be back for this team. You look down in the minors. Zach Thompson, I think, will probably see at some point, maybe late in the year. Matthew Libertor gets his chance. Johan Oviedo. You're going to see a lot of these guys throughout the season. It's not just the 13 that are up here on April 1st. It's also the 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 guys that are down in the alternate site or AAA that will at some point make their way to the big leagues.
1: This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I promise.
2: Riding times here in St. Louis and across Major League Baseball as the openers fire up the season around Major League Baseball and the Cardinals will open up at 3 on Valley Sports. And you can see that game starting at 2 at the pregame and then 3 o'clock the play-by-play. Brad Thompson will be with me on the call. And that is BK. I'm Danny Mack. And uh, I'm going to assume we're going to go to Cincinnati here, but we'll find out and have the privilege to visit with the Cardinals general manager, Michael Gersh. And Michael, good morning and happy uh, opening day to you.
4: Morning, Danny. Happy opening day, man.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Are you still with the team in Cincinnati?
4: I am. I am. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on this trip. So I'll be with the team through uh, the series in Miami and then finally back in St. Louis next week.
2: I was just looking up at MLB Network uh, about 10, 15 minutes ago, and it was snowing. Uh, can, we, can you play weatherman for us? How, what's, it, what's it like there?
4: Well, it is it is pretty miserable.
2: Um, I'm, looking out, I'm looking out my hotel window. I have not seen snow,
4: but uh, it is it is going to be frigid. I am currently trying to figure out how many layers of spring training clothing I can cover myself in to uh, to make it through opening day. But. Uh, but we'll be
2: fine. We'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get on opening day, and it's supposed to be beautiful this weekend in Cincinnati, so that's good. Yeah. BK. When you
0: packed for Jupiter, Michael, did you know that this was going to be the weather that you also needed to pack for? Like I would assume three months ago for, net, for right now.
4: <laughs> well, so I have learned my lesson over the years, and I and I I do check where we go for opening weekend, but you never know how much you need, and so. I got sweatshirts and sweaters and stuff, but I mean, this is like, this is like football weather. This is like <laughs> long underwear and like hand warmer type weather here. So, oh, yeah. and I, as you guys know, with the, with COVID and everything, we're not, we're not sitting in a sealed, a heated room with, you know, three or four of us in there together. So we have windows open. And so I, we'll, we'll again, Hey, we're playing baseball and uh, the season's starting on time and 162 looks like it's like a legitimately going to happen. So uh, I'll take I'll take a cold day. It's fine.
2: Yeah, boy, you just summed it up. I mean, a full 162, and we weren't sure a couple of months ago if spring training would be getting going on time. Just, what are your emotions with that? As a guy that you know your your living is made on on building teams and and playing games and getting fans to the ballpark what are what are your emotions to say well it's not quite all the way normal we're going to have i think 20 30% capacity at great american ballpark 32% next year uh next week with the home opener so it, it's not quite normal but man it's it's about as normal as we can get
4: yeah i think that's a great description i mean if if we had opened with uh you know 10 or 15,000 people at bush stadium yeah, any other year besides this one, I would be shocked and totally depressed as to what the heck happened and how we ended up in this spot. But after the last twelve months, ten or fifteen thousand people in Bush Stadium sounds like you know, like borderline a miracle. So uh, it's it's been a crazy a, a crazy run, um, but but I'm excited. I, I think I think the fact that we're starting where we are, but but there's optimism for a lot of reasons that as the season goes on, the the, the number of fans will grow. The uh, restrictions on everybody will will be lifted and, and we'll get into a closer and closer. It's not normal today, but it feels like, you know, come late summer, we might legitimately feel like it's a normal baseball season.
0: I feel like one of the things that Cardinals fans are going through today is almost kind of like the the Christmas day as a kid, where your parents keep telling you, wait, 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 you can't, you can't open the gift just yet because they finally get to see what Nolan Arenado is going to look like in a Cardinals uniform. Gersh, do you have those same feelings? I know you've seen him in spring training now, but is it almost kind of like that Christmas Day moment for you as well to finally see what that guy is going to look like in a Cardinals uniform in a regular season game?
4: Yeah, I mean, we you know, spring training no the starters don't play more than 6 innings, right? We haven't seen Arenado take a, a bat in a close game that mattered. We haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen him make a play behind the bag that that saved a run in the ninth inning of a game. So so there's definitely a different vibe to to seeing true competition with a guy like Nolan and and seeing what he can do.
2: How cool is it to have the experience of, of telling a Justin Williams or telling John Nagowski, or if you're not the one that's telling him, I guess Mike Schilt would be, but at least you have the chance to congratulate those guys that have put so much time and effort to make it to the big leagues. And now they make their, their first opening day roster. What, what's that like from your perspective?
4: It's, it's very cool. I mean, Anytime you can be involved in someone having like legitimately their childhood dream come true it's, it's a neat experience and you know we had our workout yesterday at uh, over at the ballpark, and there were there were a couple players who uh, who were standing out in front of the dugout on FaceTime with I assume their parents or their or their spouse or whoever sort of showing them you know i 'm in a big league stadium on opening day and that's you know awesome. stuff like that yeah it's just neat it 's neat to sort of vicariously sit there on the bench and uh, and watch these guys you know, they're just bursting with pride and you can't see the other side of the FaceTime, but you know, mom or dad or whoever it is, is, is right there with them. So it's too bad. They can't be in the stadium with them necessarily, but, uh, It's still a very cool moment.
0: He mentioned Justin Williams there, and I think he's probably the guy that I'm most anticipating seeing today, I'm most excited about because we haven't seen a ton of him in the big leagues, and this is such a big opportunity for him. Gersh, what is it about him that excites you guys about his potential? Because we've heard so much about the exit velocity and how hard he's able to hit the ball, but what else is it about Justin Williams that gives you guys some hope that he can be an impactful big leaguer?
4: Yeah. So, you know, Justin's had a little bit of a strange career since we acquired him. I mean, he, uh, he missed some time with a broken hand a couple of years ago, um, came on huge at the end of that 19 season at AAA. like I think he slugged 700 or 650 or something in, in the last, you know, six weeks of the season or so. And then because last year obviously didn't get to play in the minor leagues sort of, you know, off the radar for everyone. Um, you know, he, he hits, I mean, the most important thing you can do in baseball is hit the ball hard. And, and he hits the ball hard consistently. And he also does that without striking out too much. He has a good batting eye. He's a good athlete. He plays a good right field. He's, he's, he's the type of guy who's just, he doesn't have, I mean, he doesn't have, you know, off the charts, like, uh, you know, whatever, Aaron Judge type power, but he has good power that he gets to consistently without any other holes in his game. And so we're excited to that he's going to get an opportunity, um, you know, for the next, you know, f- four weeks or so while Bader's out and we sort of. Give some of these young guys a real run at, uh, at legitimate
2: playing time and see where it goes. Who else caught your eye, Mike, uh, down in spring training? Obviously, Nagowski and Williams are easy ones to say. Well, they caught your eye because they're on the team. So who, who else was down there? And maybe not even with the big league club or the taxi squad, but that caught your eye and you said, yeah, now we, we got something with that guy.
4: Well, I I think some of the guys that you'd expect, you know, uh, uh, Gorman had a good spring. His stats didn't necessarily look great, but he, he did, you know, hit the ball hard. He played, he played second base, you know, worked hard with the Kendo and the guys, there's optimism that he can, he can be an average second baseman. Uh, Libertor and Zach Thompson both had good springs. Uh, Tommy Parsons had a really good spring, uh, a, a guy we signed after the draft who uh, a few years ago, who's now, you know, was, was competitive in big league spring training and is now on the radar. Um, you know, guys like Rondone and Moroff, a couple of minor league free agents we signed, had good springs, made good impression. And, you know, as, as Mo likes to talk about, you know, opening day roster is, is just one day, right? No one f- freaks out about what roster we have on, you know, May 22nd, but th- th- there's a lot of emphasis on the opening day roster. But we will make a lot of moves this year, just like we make a lot of moves every year. And so a lot of these guys will end up getting their opportunity to uh, to impact
3: us this season.
0: Gersh, I'm curious, how much of the opening day roster was also determined by the matchups that you're going to have in these first couple of series? I, I don't know how, I, I'm sure there's a million things that go into those decisions, but was there any consideration of the pitchers that you could go up against in this, uh, first of all, the Red Series and then the Marlins series that went into these decisions?
4: I mean, you know, like you said, there's a lot of things that go into it. I, a small part of it is who you're facing. Um, some part of it is, is the off days and the timing of the off days. I don't think we play more than six consecutive days for a couple of weeks here. So there's sort of built in off days. Um, a small part of it is, you know, what, what, you know, sort of what roles you, you are most worried about. Right. And so having, you know, having extra, a, a, a long guy like Woodford makes more sense given, um, you know, that Kim and Michaelis are not in the rotation at the moment than it might have in a different situation. So, um, you know, individual matchups against, you know, specific teams, specific players, it, it, it factors in, but it's it's just one part of, a, of the bigger puzzle.
2: Yeah. And and Mike, you, you guys have very good pitching, got a lot of depth in the minor leagues. It's going to be a, um, a positive, I think, undoubtedly here with the Cardinals. I, I'm curious as a guy that really studies the trends around major league baseball. Now we've never had this before coming off a truncated season. So it may be a tough question to answer, but just a general assessment of what pitching is going to look like in trying to get through 162 games. So, how tough is that going to be? Not just for the Cardinals, but what do you, what you think with uh, Major League Baseball?
4: Well, you know, I think it's a complicated question because, well, obviously, we've never done this before. Right. But there's also the idea that, like, you know, people talk about no one threw more than 70 innings last season. Well, I mean, that's technically true. Nobody threw more than 70 or whatever the number is, Major League innings last season, but all of our pitchers got ramped up in spring training to the point they were basically ready to go. I mean, we're at mid March when we got shut down and then a lot of them sort of stayed hot. Now they didn't, they didn't compete in major league games, but they they didn't, you know, sit down and do nothing for the next three months. They, they, they were throwing innings, they were throwing pitches. They were just to a local high school kid or, you know, at at a facility or, or something different. Right. And so, And then, then we ramped back up again over the summer and and did our little summer camp. And then we got the 70 innings that are like official major league innings. So it's it's not even entirely clear how many innings people are coming from. I I don't think the fair number is just the number of pitches they threw in the major leagues because it wasn't like they sat around the rest of the year doing nothing. But I don't know how you count, you know, innings I threw to the high school catcher who lives down the street and was willing to catch me, you know, compared to a major league inning. So there's definitely a lot of uncertainty. I think there's going to be a lot of Um, adjusting on the fly. I don't think very many teams are going to put together a specific plan, you know, in, uh, in March or April and stick to it all year, because it's going to be much more dependent on how players feel, what kind of feedback you get, how the season plays out. Um, But I I suspect it will be different. I I suspect it won't be a lot of guys making 32 starts, throwing 190 innings and, uh, and you know, no questions asked. So
2: so wait a minute, you're telling me throwing into a mattress wasn't part of the plan.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I don't. That's a good one. I don't know if the mattress pitches. Do those pitches count? I mean, exactly. And how do you determine not? Not innings sure. in yeah, that who's, situation? Who's yeah. charting?
2: You know, the pitches you, into a mattress. That's we got to get those well, charts out too. Every,
4: every time you flip the mattress, it counts as a half inning. I think that's so that, that's the, the way to, to
0: do even. it. That's yeah. how it worked in spring training, right? You just you put the hand <laughs> yeah. up, and we're you know we're going on to the next inning here. here. Is unbelievable. Uh, Gersh, I did want to ask you about Jack Flaherty, the guy that was throwing into the mattress uh, last year, because. I almost feel like he's the forgotten man in some ways because it was such a strange 2020 season. And now you're coming into 2021 and the, the fanfare. I don't know if you feel that it, it's a little different than it was going into last year. And I'm not sure that it should be. How excited are you to be able to see what I think is going to be a bounce back season for Jack Flaherty.
4: Yeah, I think I I agree. I think Jack's a little under the radar. I think, Look, in 2019, the second half of the season, he was he put up Bob Gibson esque numbers, right? So coming into the last season, the the level of expectations and excitement around Jack probably had, had reached peak uh, peak flarity. Um, but I think I think we've overcorrected in the other direction. I think going into last year, there's a lot of talk about him as a Cy Young candidate and, and whatnot, and I, I think that all is just as true now as it was as it was 12 months ago. Um, you know, Jack had had one or two tough starts last year. Otherwise his numbers really look very similar to what they were before. So our expectations, I know Jack's expectations are are through the roof. There's nobody who expects more from himself or works harder or is more focused on his career than Jack. So um, I'm excited for what he can do this year.
0: Gersh, I know you're very busy. I've got just a very quick two part question for you. First of all, uh, can you break any news on the designated hitter? Since I, I think this is right around the time that last last year we found out <laughs> that there was going to be one. And then part two of that question. Can you explain to us kind of how the taxi squad is going to work for us this season? I know last year it was, it was kind of covid related, but how is that going to work for teams going into this year?
4: Sure. So, as far as the DH, like I learned last year the same time you guys did. So, <laughs> I will check my Twitter after this call just to nice. make sure. But uh, I think I think we're all on the same boat. I think we know. I think we know how the season's going to play out. Um, in terms of the taxi squad, here's here's the the rough idea is right now, Major League Baseball is is not comfortable having players on commercial flights from our AAA affiliate to to come into a big league. To a big league game right so if in a normal season right now all of our guys would be with the memphis team they might be on the road in round rock or wherever they are we'd be in cincinnati we'd have an injury and we'd immediately fly somebody in he would come in you just play the next day that's not we're not comfortable with having guys coming in and out and going on commercial flights and joining teams and leaving teams and there's just the comfort level with that's not there which is why the minor league season has been delayed a month and we have a taxi squad we need to have flares with us so that if there is an injury, we have guys available. So on the road trips, we can take five guys with us as our taxi squad. When we get back home, those guys return to the alternate site. Now, I don't know if the taxi squad is going to be something that goes on all season, or if at some point when the minor league season starts, we decide that we're okay, or if vaccines are going to make a difference. I'm not sure how it's all going to play out, but at least for the next six weeks or so, we know that that's the plan, is when we're on the road, we take – Five players. Generally speaking, you have to take one catcher, so you have four other players. Generally, we'll take one or two pitchers, an infielder, an outfielder, and a catcher, sort of thing. And we'll just have them with us. They'll practice with us during the game. They're not allowed in the dugout. They're not allowed to be in uniform. They watch the game from somewhere in the stadium, but they're around
2: in case we need them. And then my final question: Do you still get butterflies in opening day? The the, the excitement of it all.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm uh, yes, yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still we spend all offseason season working towards this, right? This is where all, all that we've been working on, all that we've uh, we've put our focus on kind of starts, and this is where it starts to matter. So um, I get I get butterflies the opening day, and I get butterflies, you know, periodically during the season. I, I can't say it. every day. You kind of, at some point, it becomes sort of routine, but this first time every year is always exciting.
2: Absolutely. Hey, Michael, thanks so much for doing this. Have a great year. Good luck today, and uh, we'll catch you up when you get back into town. Thanks again. Thanks guys. Look forward to seeing you. You too. Uh, that's Michael Gersh, the Cardinals GM. Um, got some sad news to to pass along here. This is from the uh, family of Ken Reitz on behalf of my dad and my family. I'd like to thank the Cardinals organization for allowing my father to live out his dream. Also Cardinal fans for the endless support over the years. The only thing my dad loved as much as his family was baseball. He ate, slept and breathed baseball and truly loved the city of St. Louis and the Cardinals, the loss of grandpa Kenny, as his six grandkids called him, is heartbreaking. He will truly be uh, missed. That's from Brett Reitz, the son of uh, Ken Reitz Zamboni, who uh, apparently has passed away, and we'll get more on that as we uh go throughout the day and and the show um also i understand i'll find out during the break there's some news tanner you had some news concerning uh postponements for today
1: yes we have our first postponement of the season due to COVID 19 issues according to espn the washington nationals and mets game has been postponed due to COVID 19 issues it was reported last night the nats had one positive test five players and a coach were close contacts don't know as of yet yeah, how many of those may have also contracted COVID, but that game has been postponed today.
2: And I think there was a weather-related um, postponement already to the Red Sox. I think we're postponed as well. Red Sox
1: postponed due to rain.
2: Okay. All right. Thank you very and much. And,
0: Dan, when we come back, I will give you the Cardinals lineup for today. All right.
2: How's Looking forward sound? to
1: that. That'll be great. This is the Danny Max Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise.
2: You can text in if you'd like to, 65780 uh, from the 314. Very sorry to hear about the passing of Kenny Reitz, would run into him, talk baseball with me like I was one of them. He said I'd run into him with Lou Brock all the time. Uh, That was Kenny. Kenny was a tremendous, tremendous man and great player, former all-star, gold Glover. My funniest thing I could say about Kenny is that I would talk to him about being a great defensive player, and he said, you know, Dan, I used to go up to Mike Schmidt all the time and say, hey, how are my uh, gold gloves looking on your mantle? That's what he you tell Mike Schmidt. Uh, very sad. Uh, Ken Reed's passing away at the age of 69 and officially getting word uh, here this morning. You have official word on the Cardinal lineup, do you not? I do indeed. Yeah,
0: Derek Gould just tweeted this out of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. It has been posted in Cincinnati. It is basically as expected. So at the top of the lineup, you have Tommy Edmond. Leading off and playing second base, you've got Paul Goldschmidt batting second, playing first. Nolan Arenado is going to be batting third, playing third. Paul Goldschmidt is your cleanup hitter today. Paul DeYoung. Excuse me. Paul DeYoung is your cleanup hitter today as your shortstop, Tyler O'Neal batting 5th and playing in left. Yadier Molina will be batting 6th, playing catcher Dylan Carlson 7th and center. And Justin Williams will be in right, batting 8th with Jack Flaherty as your starter today for the Cardinals. Always
2: felt that the 8th place hitter and it doesn't get talked about a lot in a nationally game with no DH is a tough spot to be in. Mm -hmm. Are you being pitched to, are you being pitched around? You got to have good discipline and understand how the opposition is trying to approach you. Not an easy place to be. And that'll be uh, Justin Williams. I like this lineup. I'm fine with it. I like the fact that they're going to stick with Goldschmidt, Aranato two, three, and that makes a dicey first inning for Luis Castillo. It's going to be dicey for any opposition to see those three in the first inning.
0: Very, very right hand heavy from two through six in this lineup. Yep, um which is, I mean, when you've got Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt as part of that two through six, like okay, cool, we can deal with that. But that would be the one thing that I would point to and be like, ah, I'll be interested to see how that plays out in the late innings, at like four, five, six range.
2: Yeah, Luis Castillo, uh he of uh, the nasty changeup. He is become friends with Pedro Martinez. Pedro says, hey, you remind me of me. And he said, well, I used to watch you growing up. Anytime you were on TV and we'd have a chance to watch you, I'm the guy that would watch you all the time. And so he grew up idolizing him. And then those two have talked about the change up. His change up usage is incredibly high. So when you're watching the game, um, watch that, that's going to be the, changeup
0: uh, has never given the Cardinals issues. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh boy, We're going to be a okay there, Dan. There's no, no worries whatsoever for me.
2: So best change up in baseball. It might be Castillo is a great in 2020 a seen, Uh, With these numbers, Castillo's change in 2020, average velocity around 88. That's the hardest changeup in the game. Pitch in the zone percentage, it was the highest in baseball last year in 2020. Slugging percentage against the changeup third lowest in baseball so so it's good is what you're saying it's really good so get ready for a steady diet of change-ups from Luis Castillo he's awfully good uh, Tanner came up with some fun stuff here this is Cardinal superlatives and predictions Cardinal superlatives best position player who do you have
0: So I think this one's pretty obvious. Can we take Arenado and Goldschmidt off the board? Let's go somebody else. I I feel like those are the two that like you could say one or the other, and I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. If we take those off of the board for the Cardinals and talk about the best Cardinals position player, I'm gonna go ahead and I I'm gonna buy in, I'm gonna say Paul DeYoung. I think he has a really good year for the Cardinals. I know it was a rough spring for him, but what he does defensively, I think he's actually become a little bit underrated on that side of things. If he can just stay consistent, we've seen him be really good in the first half almost every year that he's been a Cardinal. If he can stay consistent and carry that over into the second half of the season, I think Paul DeYoung's in in play for a really good season this year.
2: I'm going to go Dylan Carlson on this. I like it. Outside of those two, we haven't even mentioned Yadi or Molina. Maybe put those three and say, okay, that's that's one category, but... I'd say Dylan Carlson. Uh, I like him defensively. He's solid. He's not flashy. Solid. I, I'm expecting a big year from him. Best pitcher for the Cardinals. Who are you going with here?
0: So if we once again take off Jack Flaherty. Uh, I'd even go beyond that. Okay.
2: If what about I take Alex Reyes? away,
0: that's who I was going to go yeah. with. I'm going to go Alex Reyes because I think there is a real chance, Dan, that he is the best reliever in baseball this year. Like it is it is 100 percent in play that at the end of the season, we're talking about him the way that last year we were talking about Devin Williams or a couple of years ago we were talking about Josh Hader. He's that good. And so if he can stay healthy, I'm going to go with Alex Reyes as the best pitcher overall, not just starter, reliever, best pitcher for the Cardinals this year.
2: Breakout player. I always find this interesting. And this is what, if you're sitting in Gersh's seat or John Mosellock, this is kind of your, well, if this guy can do this, we look like this. Um, And I would say that that player for me, I'm going to go with Tommy Edmond. I think Tommy Edmund can have a solid year. And I like what I was seeing in camp in terms of not chasing out of the zone as much. And then balls inside the zone, he was punishing. He's a smart player. He's making adjustments. So I would look at him now his third year. This would be his real first full entire season. Came up in 19, saw him in 20. That was truncated. Now we have a full year of where he's playing one position, second base, every day, leadoff man, switch hitter, makes the adjustments. He's my breakout player. I'm going to go Tyler
0: O'Neal. I'm a believer I like that, too. We've seen him look really good in spring. He seems to have put it all together. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Tyler O'Neill in part also because I don't think he's looking over his shoulder this season. You look out at the other options that the Cardinals have right now. It was supposed to be Lane Thomas. That was the hey, if Tyler O'Neill doesn't look good, maybe Lane Thomas takes that spot. Well, Lane Thomas is like sixth on the depth chart right now in the outfield. I don't think Justin Williams is going to be overtaking Tyler O'Neill. I think he's going to get extended runway, and it's actually real this time around. Even if he has some struggles early in the year, he's going to be in the lineup the next day, and he knows it. It reminds me of Colton Wong whenever Mike Schilt took over. It was like, hey, just do your thing. Be great defensively. You're going to be in the lineup tomorrow. You're going to be back out there. Even if you go over three with three strikeouts, take a little bit of that pressure off yourself. And what happened is it unlocked Colton Wong to be the player that we all knew he could be. I think there's a little bit of that that could take place this year with Tyler O'Neill.
2: Final one here, and then we'll do some Major League Baseball uh, look around the the game next segment. But most pivotal player, I'm going to go Nolan Arnotto. You You made the trade. You made the big trade. You're paying him a ton of money, and he's got to take his skill set and apply it in the middle of this lineup, protect Paul Goldschmidt, and put up numbers. I'm not worried about the defense. It's about what he provides offensively for a team that struggled offensively a year ago. I'm going Nolan Arenado. I think
0: there are three for the Cardinals this year. I could give you a bunch.
2: um, But yeah, we only have one.
0: I will hone in on one. But the three that I would go with are Carlos Martinez in the rotation. I know. I know. But he's got the stuff. And we've seen it before. If he can... If he can become that guy again, or even close, 80% of that guy, it completely changes the way everybody's looking at this rotation at second base. I think Tommy Edmund is a guy and then Dylan Carlson as well. My most pivotal player, though, is your breakout player. It's Tommy Edmund, because if he doesn't make good on being a leadoff hitter and your everyday second baseman and your backup shortstop and your backup third baseman and your backup center fielder right now man, this team's in a world of hurt. So I'm going to go with Tommy Edman as your most pivotal player this season.
2: On this opening day, Major League Baseball predictions next.
1: This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise.
2: You ready for some quick hitters here? Let's do this, Dan.
0: It is officially baseball season. I'm ready for whatever you can throw at me.
2: Tanner's come up with some good ones. What major league team do you think could surprise people this year?
0: Can I say the team that I want to say, even though everybody's going to call me a homer for it? The Kansas City Royals.
2: Yeah. Oh, I've been on that forever. Yeah.
0: Homer alert. (laughs) Fair. Homer alert. Um, Nice job, Tanner. Now, Adalberto Mondesi, it was announced yesterday after he had played in a game on Monday and looked totally fine. Apparently it's going to start the year on the injured list with an oblique strain. That ain't good. That's a big problem for them because that's been his issue for his entire career. But if he can get healthy, they're super talented. Yep. Are they going to be good? I don't know, but I think they're going to be better than people think. I think they'll be probably third in that division this year.
2: Okay. These are quick hitters. Okay. Sorry. All right. Kansas
0: City Royals. All right. Who you got?
2: I've got two teams. I've got the Cubs and I've got the Nets. Okay. I think they could surprise you this year. Who may not live up to expectations? The Atlanta Braves. Young pitching would be a little suspect for me, so I'm going with the Atlanta Braves.
0: I'm going to go with the Mets. I think the Mets might go uh, underperform relative to expectations. Thought
2: about them, too. What does uh, the NL playoff picture look? Who are your teams?
0: So for me, I am going to go with the Braves winning the East. I'm going with the Cardinals winning the Central. I'm going with the Dodgers winning the West. I think everybody's got the Padres as the first wild card there. And then it really comes down to who your second wild card is. It's coming from the East, I think. I'm going to go with the Mets. I think it will be
2: lesser than people expect, though. So those are high my high. teams, too. Same thing. Uh, what is your World Series matchup? Who do you have winning it all? I got Dodgers, Yankees, and the Dodgers winning it.
0: I've got Dodgers, and I'll go off the beaten path. Let's go Dodgers, White Sox, and I've got the Dodgers
2: winning it all. Had the White Sox and the ALCS. NL and AL MVP. I've got Aaron Judge of the Yankees and Juan Soto of the Nets.
0: For the National League, I'm going Juan Soto as well. American League is really interesting this season. I will go with... Let's go with it again. Let's go Abreu.
2: Okay, that's a good choice. Won it last year. And finally, National League and American League Cy Young Award winners. I've got Garrett Cole of the Yankees. Stay in New York. Jacob deGrom of the Mets.
0: I've got Bieber from the Indians. And you know what? What the hell? Let's go with Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals. Oh, I love because it. Because why not? If it's he does that, day, it's going to be, be a really
2: good year. Really good year. Hey, this is fun. Opening days here. Let's do it.
0: It's been great, man. I've uh, I've enjoyed this. Are you excited to be back on? A oh call? yeah,
2: absolutely. Fired up. Fired up. What's it going
0: to be like for you to call a game with fans in the stands? for real this time
2: emotional i think first time you walk in there and see human beings around the ballpark and there'll be a buzz around the ballpark too with ballpark village and the the various things that are going on it's gonna be great it really is number one thing you're looking forward to today from the cardinals is what Nolan Arnauto, I, I I cannot wait to watch this guy. That's when to me it's going to sink in. Like it it was cool seeing it in spring training, but that first regular season game and kind of like like what Michael Gersh said with a game on the line and you got a chance to watch him play. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. How about for you,
0: Jack Flaherty? Yeah, it really is. Um, I I mean it's Nolan Arnauto of course in the big picture, but Jack Flaherty I think was almost underrated coming into this season, and it's been weird to see because last year when we did our predictions on the station, Dan. Everybody, everybody said Jack Flaherty and El Cy Young. I didn't. And this year. I'm on the station. I'm just saying. Everybody not named Danny Max okay. said Jack Flaherty and El Cy Young. And this year, it feels like people are like, yeah, Jack Flaherty could be good. Like, Wait, this guy's still a really great pitcher who had a bad start, and that made it look like he had a bad year. So three, I'm in on Jack Flaherty.
2: Three innings, nine runs against Milwaukee, and that was uh, August 15th.
0: Other than that, he was pretty darn good most yeah, of the
2: season. He was. One bad start. Looking forward to it, man. We'll talk to uh, talk to you tomorrow about uh, opening day and get through it tomorrow. And we'll have Chris Welsh, who is the Reds analyst, as uh, he's doing the game on television, does Reds uh, baseball with um, TV and radio. So we'll, we'll get his thoughts on what's happening and, and talk a little baseball with him, do it again with you and uh, with our listeners. Always fun. See you tomorrow at 10. You've been
1: listening to The Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise.
3: Peloton, let's go. This holiday,
4: with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors.
3: We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga.
4: Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial.